0: I just wanted to give some background because I, uh, I put on my Kim Kardashian baby bar hat and did some research.
1: <laughs> Wait, is that when you went to downtown LA and discovered poverty? Yes. <laughs> I can't believe um. we're almost in the same time zone for once. Almost, yeah. And still we manage to wake up and go to bed hours apart from each other. <laughs> well, one of us is putting the hag
0: in Haggadah. <laughs> I,
1: was, I was thought you are going to say one of us puts the hag in fag hag. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's both of us.
1: It's a tale as old as time. <laughs> we're um, having a yeah. nice
0: trip can you tell our
1: listeners where you are yeah i'm uh recording live from my childhood bedroom at my parents place in the uh <laughs> occupied territory of ranana in, in uh, israel um actually you know what i don't know for a, a fact that there was an arab village here because the story of my hometown was that it was purchased so the plot of land was purchased by this a uh, New York-based holding company in the 1920s. Ah, uh, okay. And uh, they sort of had envisioned a similar layout to Manhattan, and so oh my, my hometown <laughs> is actually <laughs> designed in a similar grid to Manhattan, which is why it was such an easy relocation for me. Oh, amazing. Um, and the saying also goes about Nana, my hometown, that if you can make it here, you made it here. <laughs> Uh, so uh i'm i'm notable rana alumni oh proud of you yeah
0: i mention it to people when i meet israelis in berlin like a booty call and such Uh and and they always correct my pronunciation i'm like sorry i did not put the proper emphasis in the proper place
1: (laughs) yeah well, whenever I tell people other Israelis that I'm from Lanon well, originally, they think I'm like high society or something like that, but like <laughs> it's not exactly the case. My grandfather came here in the uh early 30s before the war, and he worked for the like electric company here to set the the like grid foundation, I don't know what to call it. Oh well. Wow. Uh so he did this like really intense manual labor here and uh he was one of the first residents in this town. Um, and like a funny trivia fact is that Israel, well, some of you m- might know it, but Israel has a lot of like, uh, art deco Bauhaus, mm-hmm. um, architecture here and the house my, uh, my mother's family grew up in, um, was one of the only like Bauhaus specimens in this, in this region. And they grew up in the house that was, that also functioned as the, like the head offices for the, uh, for the electric company. Oh, amazing. Yeah, so there's like a t- little museum in my hometown with a little plaque, and it's really cute and uh, so cute. Yeah, and wow. uh, but yeah, I'm here for Passover, and so there's like extreme like dietary restrictions, <laughs> and you go to the supermarket, and there's like whole sections that are just uh, covered up. You're not allowed to. They don't even like take them away to like a back room. They just like. <laughs> Put a put a tarp over it and you can't you can't purchase it. The K parv zone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um but it's funny because I haven't been in, I haven't been back in a year and uh I'm so used to living a restricted and limited life back in New York uh, over this past year that like coming here over passover just feels like you know hitting the hitting the ground running in terms of just like living with restrictions which is what you live with during this time of year anyhow yeah. um so i've had some terrible meals so far <laughs> <laughs> um a lot of a lot of wheat flour substitutes that are disgusting a lot of like peanut mm. flour cookies and uh, macaroons which i guess is a perennial delicacy in the states but here i'm just so yeah. uh, like childhood scars from and you mean macaroons
0: like those like the really uh coconutty ones right
1: yeah the like zabars, like yeah, tin yeah.
0: macaroons yeah. <laughs> what is the uh
1: what are the uh, what are the other macaroons
0: no i wasn't sure if you meant macaroons or macaron.
1: <laughs> oh no <laughs> i never got into those uh french cookies pastries oh, yeah. whatever when they're are. good they're good though when they're, like dry, I, they're dry
0: they're <laughs> dry
1: I, I never had a craving for those you know what other sort of cookie resembles it in shape if not in a flavor that australian cookie that we used to get in berlin they have cookies it's not a sorry, cookie, but it's sorry like to a our favorite australian listener <laughs> shout out to friend of the pod lucinda and a uh, shout out to a notable twink uh, troy savon <laughs> fellow jew um australian but originally Who looks from South anything Africa. but
0: to be honest he just looks uh,
1: generically british to me totally um yeah i commented on one of his recent facebook instagram posts and um uh, i guess uh, it went unnoticed didn't slide in N- nope <laughs> um yeah maybe our listeners could chime in and remind us what those cookies are called tim's tums to tim tim tams tim tams -tams? -tams. -tams? yeah i've never had one they're pretty good i've heard the name
0: but yeah uh Uh, how's the mall (laughs) Uh, which one (laughs) your favorite one tell us all about the mall because we're mall rats Um, as everyone knows
1: well, so when I first got here, I had to just for silly bureaucratic reasons, I had to go into quarantine because uh, they don't honor your like American vaccination now. in this country. So you have to do an antibody test. But because of the holiday, I had to wait until uh, the labs reopen. And so I was officially in quarantine. But I had, when I entered the country, I gave them my dad's phone number. Um, so I allowed myself to embark out of my formal quarantine and just to, you know, uh, reintroduce some sanity into my life. I hit my, um, my, uh, favorite shopping mall here in my hometown in Anana, Nana, which, uh, thank God for this timing because I, uh, flew to Israel right when they just really reopened everything. And you honestly just cannot tell that there's COVID here anymore, uh, except for the, you know, people wearing masks, but only symbolically so. Um, the mall is amazing. They've amped down, dialed down their uh, house scent sort of pumping. Oh. They used to have a really aggressive house scent, which they didn't always have. This is like, a, I want to say, an introduction of the past 10 years. Is this a Westfield mall? It's they, terrible. They love their pumped incense. Well, I wish it were pumpkin scents, uh, scents, but it's not even that. And I mean, you would know because you have seasonal allergies and you know what it feels like to, you know, have to, you know, be in a space that's uh, (laughs) that's flooded with some terrible scent. Anyways, the mall's great. Um, I got Hayusht at one of the bookstores here. (laughs) That's the, that's like basically the millennial greeting now and something you should definitely not tell anyone when you uh when you work at a store and they enter it um i know you like, mean there's
0: greetings in polish that you do not do uh yeah to strangers you just do them to your friends
1: yeah, like she, this little this young girl addressed me at the store and I'm like, Do I know you? And then I realized <laughs> oh no, she's working here. And then I was asking myself, why did you just hiush me? Hi-ush. Like, not even my twelve my year old nephew hiushes me. <laughs> it's um, like the
0: Starbucks method of customer engagement. You know Oh like, god. They're like,
1: really overzealous in New York.
0: Yeah, they're too friendly. Um look I love friendly customer service, but but uh it's like in Poland, uh they refer to you in the informal Which I don't care, but it is jarring. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) I don't know you. Also, uh, well, I never had an issue with like honorifics or like, you know, abiding by them because we don't have them in our language, especially not in this culture, even if Mm -hmm. it were in the language. Uh, So the whole sort of transition to this state of mind in, in Germany was, it wasn't difficult for me, but I just always found it. It's like if I'd moved to, like, England now and had to, like, curtsy all of a sudden. It's just so it's so contrived and weird. Yeah, um, Yeah, I'll never forget when I was babysitting for this one lady in Germany. At some point, like, after a month or so, when I was working for her, she, like, came up to me. Like, after, after she came back home, and she said, Amir, it's, like, I have this issue I wanted to bring up with you. I don't know. Um, I feel kind of awkward talking about it, but like would you feel comfortable if we switched to dutzen now <laughs> and I'm like lady what are you talking about? well at least it didn't take I'm, twenty years with Jesus. your coworker
0: <laughs>
1: that's so wild I also know. considering the fact that it's kind of a uh, uh, there's been a revival of that in like german culture it hasn't always been like that i, I like somebody once told me that it's kind of a revival of the seventies or the sixties of the formal Z uh, in German culture. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Like, maybe someone whole, can correct us yeah. as usual. Oh my God. <laughs> this whole and concept of, uh, you know, being sort of performatively, performatively offended by something somebody told you because you know, it's, it's like a linguistic sort of construct that is just so yeah. foreign to me, yeah, um,
0: I'm just um I just wanna balance in public life like I don't want those overzealous like servers at restaurants anymore that you get oh, in North God. America, you know, where they're like ready to sit down the table, yeah, put their feet up, <laughs> Jesus invade your personal life,
1: <laughs> yeah, um. Yeah. How, uh, how's your week, uh, week been? It's been good. I feel like it's been, it's been a minute. You've had some, uh, uh you've had some, uh, challenges this past oh my God, week. I Would know. you like to share them? <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. You're re-triggering me.
0: Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. On Tuesday, I had a doctor's appointment. Uh, I wanted to get a referral for a vaccination because, Believe it or not, I am clinically obese. My body mass index is 31. You couldn't tell by the pictures. No thanks. I'm just really good at angles, and I'm not face tuning or body tuning anything. But (laughs) Mm -hmm. just good, just good at mirror selfies and angles and things. Um, So there was very unclear information online. They keep changing the criteria of what these risk groups are, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, So the doctor was very friendly and very nice. It's a a new clinic for me that I went to nearby that other friends go. And, and the doctor was basically looking for a reason, you know, to refer me. He was very empathetic. Um, But he's like, no, the, the criteria is body mass index of 40 and above right now,
1: which I would have to weigh 290 pounds. But like, could um, he just give you that hall pass and then you show up to get your your shot and nobody asks any questions? Basically, yeah, I guess he could have. Um,
0: I guess all that information could be audited at some point, but at the same time, he asked who's me gonna, for my.
1: Who's going <laughs> to audit that? It saves well, lives. I
0: know, but you know, you know how it is here, mm-hmm. and I think he could have definitely just done it because. He asked me how much I weigh. I didn't even see a scale, you know, in in the examination room. (laughs)
1: You should have slipped him a 20.
0: (laughs) And so he could have easily done it. He didn't. But he gave me a blood test to see if I'm diabetic because that's Mm -hmm. criteria to get it. come back, the results? No. He said they would call me if there was any concern. So no news is good news. Um... But I've just heard a lot of stories from friends and friends of friends where people are being uh, questionably pushed forward by their doctors. So I'm like, if they can, I should be able to as well. Because um, the medical ethicists in the New York Times said that if you can get it, you should get it. You're saving your life, other people's lives. Uh, You're alleviating backlogs later on. So I am all for people getting it even under a questionable <laughs> referral means. But I'm just I'm honestly like, I just supp- want one
1: too. Yeah, it's insane. I'm surprised there hasn't been a, uh, just a a booming of a black market around this uh commodity just because of this yeah. f- sort of forced scarcity. I mean, don't tell me that there's not sort of I'm sure there's not, you know, ample supply out there, but I'm sure there's enough To vaccinate those who really want to get vaccinated.
0: I think there is because so many people got those letters from the health department Mm -hmm. uh, where there's like a QR code, which then basically lets you unlock the appointment. Uh, And that was so
1: crazy. my God,
0: (laughs) well, there was like, because like anyone can go to the website, but you need basically a code to enter so that you have a referral. And right. And, uh, there's something like hundreds of thousands in Berlin of unanswered letters. I think that it's just insane. A lot of it had to do with like the AstraZeneca vaccine, people being freaked out by it when there was that first, uh, kind of pause of it a couple of weeks ago. And now they've paused it again for people under 60. Um, but now you would get it though, if you could, Oh, I would get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I would be more freaked out if I was a woman my age, because that's who most of the blood clot, um, what do you call them? Sufferers have been, I don't want to say victims, mm-hmm. uh, but <laughs> survivors, survivors, well, uh, 28 died apparently. I don't know. And Jesus versus like three men that died. But also I don't have the data on what was the proportion of men versus women that caught it. Because this is the vaccine that's been used for, like, medical professionals. And in total, um, like, there's way more medical professionals that are women than men because so many nurses are statistically women. Mm -hmm. Um, And also with schools, like, I'm sure it's the same here. Like, there's, you know, a higher number of women teachers than men. Right. Um, So they were also, they started getting that vaccine. And... Yeah, I mean, I would totally get it. I think it'll happen soon. Over Easter now, they're vaccinating 60-year-olds, 60-plus here with with, uh, the AstraZeneca vaccine uh, because of Mm -hmm. this pause. So I think that'll kind of like free up things. And I'm in the next risk group, BMI over 30. So once we move to the next list. (laughs) Is it BMI over the age of 30 or over BMI over 30? Oh, Oh, BMI over 30. So I see. uh let's see. I am five eleven or 180 centimeters tall. I'm just giving everyone all my personal info. <laughs> Don't scam me. <laughs> uh, except your coordinates. <laughs> yeah. Uh and I should weigh like 185 pounds, but I weigh like two hundred and twenty-seven pounds. So that's just to give you an idea of uh what bmi just over 30 is
1: well i'm 5 8 and i weigh 168 and my doctor still considers me within sort of within reach outside my bmi mm-hmm.
0: yeah i mean it's a a dubious science but at the same time it's you know because everyone has different builds but i'm not outside of some you know kind of average build range Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not like a insanely skinny twink or someone who's naturally like the size of a house, you know, their mm-hmm. frame. So right. I think it's like pretty accurate for me. And I don't have like extreme musculature or anything. Like I'm not a
1: shredded bodybuilder. Right.
0: But well, if, all, if, only you,
1: if only you were Jewish, you could come and get your jab in Israel. <laughs> I'm sure BB would take care of you. Oh, my God. Jesus. Well I'm crossing my fingers for you that everything Thanks. kind of, uh, this bottleneck kind of opens up. Yeah. Oh, it's really it's really terrible. Thanks. Um yeah, I, I wish upon you that you will experience this liberation from COVID slavery <laughs> into freedom, much like the story of Passover. Um I'm guessing you haven't you haven't done a Seder this year? No, I was not
0: invited to any. I'm like, oh, let's see. Are there
1: like COVID COVID restrictions against uh, this type of congregation?
0: They started new things just right now. Um, It's like I can go over to someone's house until 9 p.m. (laughs) Jesus.
1: (laughs) What usually happens after 9 p.m.? (laughs) I don't know. It's I dubious. Tagged you, I tagged you on this Facebook post. Uh, post that said uh you now need to get a covid test to get covid tested. <laughs> no, you know what? I was not invited to a Passover
0: seder cuz I think I only have like one Jewish friend left in Berlin. Really? <laughs> I have one Jewish friend? <laughs> the other oh Amir. Yeah, no, everyone moved away. You have just one token Jewish friend. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, everyone
1: moved away. I'm like I'm trying to think yeah, everyone moved away. Huh. So, so uh, you, you haven't beefed up on your ten plagues? Oh, I know the plagues. I'm look. Do if anyone, uh, do you know them by heart?
0: Okay, I know there's locusts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is there
1: uh-huh. flooding? Uh, so, well, for us in Hebrew, there's an acronym that makes it easy on us to remember the order and all mm-hmm. of them. Um and so the first plague is blood. That one I remember. I know there's frogs. That I remember. Frogs is the second one. Gnats is the third one. Oh yeah. Flies is the fourth one. Um Killing of the of livestock is the fifth one. Boils is the sixth one. Hail is the seventh one, which I guess in like ancient Egypt. Is a bit of a uh, rare sight. Um, number eight is locusts. Then darkness, and the tenth plague is the killing of the firstborn.
0: Sounds fun,
1: sad, and uh, the story of Passover. Also, the etymology of Passover is that the the Jews were passed over by way of marking their uh, the door of their house to uh, indicate the fact that they're Jewish, and so God spared His wrath. And skipped skipped them and they uh only took the firstborn of the Egyptians. Sad. And so that's that's just my uh he, Hebrew school teacher. Was, it, spiel. was this
0: Gabriel? Was was this Gabriel adjacent? The angel. Uh is that something to do with that? That that is outside my, my
1: <laughs> realm of expertise. It sounds like New Testament.
0: <laughs> no, I'm like I, I feel like this goes kind of across the um abramic religions gabriel
1: <laughs> i uh honestly i haven't read a word of the new testament so maybe our goish uh, listeners could send me some uh, informative dms yeah, I, I
0: don't know anything about the new testament either yeah. um no i so when i lived in winnipeg i would go to my ex's mother's house my first ex for passover mm-hmm. and then my friend deborah she was in my class i would go over to her house for passover And then I would just do my telling of the whole story, which was very good and historically inaccurate. Mm -hmm. Um, She's like, Bishamik, do you want to tell us about Passover? Like, well, um, so the Israelis had to flee. (laughs) She's like, "Uh, they didn't exist. Yeah. It's,
1: a, it's actually the Israelites. <laughs> yes, exactly.
0: But I had a very comedic retelling of the whole story
2: uh-huh. with uh, yeah.
1: contemporary placeholders.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, if you had to add a plague onto the 10th plagues, a plague of your own, what would it be? Um, something contemporary or something that you consider a... Uh, well, if a we pl-
0: situate it in the art world... um. Uh-huh. bottom feeder <laughs> leeches
1: that's a that's a pre-existing <laughs> plague in the plagues. actually let, let's just let's just go over the, <laughs> the plagues and see how we can <laughs> apply them and they uh, um, find them relevant in the uh, context of the art world so um blood okay water turning to blood water turning to blood
0: that's the that's what i was thinking of floods when i said floods by the way right water turning to
1: blood i feel like the first plague in the context of the art world would be just the sort of the soiling of the water with a lot of a uh a lot of garbage that's out there (laughs) that would be my tacky interpretation
0: yeah when you see like national geographic footage of a river somewhere in the world filled with garbage that's uh that's what's
1: happening today yeah
0: um frogs um a proliferation of like that rich person tanned with a white <laughs> shirt sociopath <laughs> aesthetic from
1: france uh-huh that makes sense yeah lice um, lice that's an easy one um I feel like lice is just again, I feel like there is a uh sort of a common theme in all these all these plagues it's plagues it's just a proliferation of something that just spirals out of control um like nfts nfts yeah um flies i would say the same thing about it
0: uh oh livestock uh, pestilence mhm okay like a sacrificial animal
1: or maybe a a token minority artist. <sighs> <laughs> boils, um, boils. Um, Jesus, hmm. it's just so hard for me to get specific because to me the art world is currently in such a state of plague. <laughs> <to be given laughs> yeah, ever, it's just every, one big <laughs> plague. So <laughs> yeah. Um, what would uh, what would you say are some of the uh, Current sort of existing plagues in the art world, things that should be eradicated or are sort of a heavy burden on the rest of us saints, tzaddiks. Oh,
0: just okay, taking advantage of people kind of across the board. So, mm-hmm. like unpaid labor or artists
1: selling something and galleries not paying them or taking forever to pay them. That's just like when the Israelites were building the pyramids right yes exactly (laughs) when pharaoh was pissed that fag (laughs) totally pharaoh was such a fag (laughs) that queen pharaoh with the eyeliner i know the type oh my god (laughs) (laughs) icy blue eyes and eyeliner (laughs) um yeah definitely a lot of plagues in the art world now i'm actually just reading that uh uh where was it that uh takashi Murakami is is, like almost bankrupt almost bankrupt but (laughs) nft kind of swoop in to save the day and uh he's auctioning a collection of his smiley flower nfts for uh the bidding goes uh the the bids are already over two hundred thousand dollars and so i guess he's uh like how how did he almost that's just something that i (laughs) yeah that's exactly what i was gonna gonna ask like with uh, any lebowitz i sort of can understand because the cost of living in new york is so high and i'm sure she was just incrementally used to sort of up her uh, quality of life over the years but like takashi murakami maybe i'm just being just applying some unfair biases about what i think japanese people are in terms of like how they are so like orderly and neat and how it extends to like you know uh, taking care of their money and their finances um i just wonder how someone like him i'm sure there's some like article out there that explains his sort of uh spiraling into yeah. uh, It'd be like uh, Gerhard
0: Richter being bankrupt. You'd be like, how is that possible? Oh my
1: god, can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> Time to make some squeegee paintings. Um, yeah. yeah. Would, you, would you buy a uh, Murakami flower NFT for $200,000? Definitely the, not. Uh, <laughs> if you had the funds in Bitcoin or Ether or whatever? Oh my
0: god, no. I'm just... I still find the whole thing so shocking. Like... Like a uh, noted internet artist Raphael Rosendahl yesterday on Twitter, I was like, Who's "How? well oh, this artist who like did a lot of net slash post network. work. Um, who like I've been familiar with his work for years, but you know, it's someone we have like mutual friends with and stuff, and then it's like things are selling for two hundred thousand dollars, like NFT works. Even his, yeah, yeah." Like I saw this on Twitter yesterday.
1: That is so wild. How do you just like I don't know. You you also tried uh selling some NFTs. How did that go? Well, I made one
0: of my own mm-hmm. work. It's on Rarible and no one cares. Someone bid 0.01 <laughs> ether, which is like $180. i Oh sorry, 180 $18. So it's like it cost me like 80. That's one high. Yeah. That's good money. It cost me like it cost me like $80 to mint it. So I'm not going to sell it yet because I would at least like to get my money back for, for the um, cost of making the NFT. Right. But I want to then, try it just to see the process and everything.
1: Well, how do you explain some uh, some uh, NFT artists' ascent compared I have, to mm, others?
0: I have no idea because, like, I understand when it's kind of legitimate artists that have worked in that space. Um you know because even his bio on on the page he's on of i think he's on that one called Foundation it's mm-hmm. like a nft marketplace um you know in his bio it's like has exhibited at the whitney museum at the new museum at like you know the bio looks legitimate and of course mm-hmm. this doesn't mean a lot to kind of like these crypto hype bros who <laughs> are a lot of these people buying these nft works but I don't know. It seems more legitimate than some random person who kind of has no identity or no information about them and is just like a random avatar and just making random shitty gifts. And they're also selling for like 200,000. So that's what I don't understand. But Mm -hmm. I guess I don't know. Maybe these people already have like some social media footprint, like they're notorious on Twitter or something or on Instagram. And that's how people find them. Like, I have no idea. Like, I don't get what would change to make my work. You know what I mean? mm -hmm. Like, is it a pure luck thing where suddenly I would become, like, a hyped NFT artist? Like, I just don't get it. I don't get what the, like, mechanism is.
1: Right. I mean, this is still kind of a novelty and a curiosity to me because it seems like it's running on such a parallel and remote track from sort of our path. Yeah. Uh, I'm just totally observing this from the outside and still I'm finding this extremely boring and uninteresting. I mean, uh, color me interested the minute it'll sort of be, start becoming more I don't know, visually interesting or conceptually no. sort of tight. It's just so stupid.
0: Yeah. Because I there are obviously, it's like a technology that exists where like you could sell legitimate things and there's this basically digital paper trail. Mm -hmm. but i don't know a lot of it that's being sold is just like garbage it's right and and then it's really it's like selling beanie babies it's like the beanie baby boom and bust like who cares i love beanie babies i know they're really cute but like (laughs) you were a moron if you were spending like hundreds of thousands of dollars on beanie babies right (laughs) Oh or, or the tulip or the tulip buzz of the sixteen hundreds.
1: <laughs> I mean, they went to war for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, then, uh, and nutmeg. Oh nutmeg, god. tulips, poppy seeds. Oh my god. <laughs> um well I don't know about you, but I'm really excited about the WeWork Work documentary that's oh as uh it's coming out today on Hulu. Can't wait to see the story of the rise and fall of my uh, fellow Hebrew man. <laughs> can you Adam please Neumann? share
0: your uh, login with me later so I can watch it?
1: Yeah, I have to turn on my ExpressVPN though to uh, watch from okay. this channel. Um, I I wish I could find like a transcript of one of his lectures or talks or something like that because I would really love to give our audience a special treat and do a little Adam Neumann uh, <laughs> uh, impersonation. <laughs> oh my god i don't even think i can turn that switch on and off that sort of (laughs) that like how how you retain such an accent after all these years while at the same time being so i can't even say that he's eloquent but it's just those silicon valley types that just can spew so many like nonsense words at such a high pace yeah um regardless if they come together or not um, yeah, I don't know, Adam Neumann.
0: I can't wait to see it same um, in other news um, mm-hmm. I just want to declare that it's fat pole summer <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> um is that is that a national holiday, or is that uh, starting in the uh the sovereign Republic of Pre <laughs> it's, it's starting here right now. <laughs> I've declared it since so gyms the auto- are still autonomous closed. the <laughs> <Yeah>. autonomous
0: zone. The autonomous <laughs> zone. What was that autonomous zone called again? Chaz. Chaz.
1: God. <laughs> which oh my God. like no matter which way you flip it, it just sort of I uh, uh invokes the vision of Chaz Bono. <laughs> <laughs> oh we're a, we're a pro Chaz Bono <laughs> podcast. totally um, <laughs> wait he's still alive right I'm not, yes, he didn't like he is. okay because one of Cher's children died right I don't know
0: her ex sonny did
1: Skiing. Well, that was a long time ago Sad. Yeah. yeah I also don't want to say anything <laughs> offensive about Cher lest my uh New York hours. <laughs> <Gower's> David <laughs> send me a, uh, wait, a where pipe we supposed, bomb in the mail weren't where we supposed to have David as a guest <laughs> what happened <laughs> uh, yeah true maybe when I come back he's uh He's saving all the beans to <laughs> spill in our special oh, special episode.
0: Um. Oh yeah. wait. Sp- speaking of plagues, just mm-hmm. just shuffling through my loose leaf papers here. Uh, I just heard mm-hmm. from a source that the Barracine show um, <laughs> has been struck and carted out last week. Oh um, um, really? I thought they yeah. were going to reopen it. They were, but I guess you know it's water turning to blood.
1: I guess so, and the piss trough at lab—the <laughs> other plague. Yeah. Well, and, speaking uh, of speaking of pl- speaking of plagues, Berlin's uh, STI superbug. <laughs> God, how does how did that not turn into a uh, pandemic? Oh, I'm sure will. Um, like It originated in Berlin, much like, uh, you know, the Wuhan virus, uh, or as Trump used to call it, the Kung Flu, originated oh God, in China. So I'm sure the STI superbug could have uh, made it outside, uh, you know, Germany. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, so, wait, there, did you ever get to see that show? Uh, no, I was boycotting
0: it. I do not agree with that show. I'm happy mm-hmm. for Friends... Of mine and ours who were in it. Like, uh, I think it's a great opportunity to be in a big show like that. But considering the show received hundreds of thousands of euro, uh, almost 1 million euro of public funding, and was presented by two multi millionaire uh, enterprises, namely Barakine and the Boros Foundation. Um,. And then artists were paid around 160 euro. That's what I've heard from multiple sources. Uh, they, I think
1: were, they were paid or they had to pay an application fee? No, no, fee of they, 160.
0: They, they were. Their artist fee that they received was 160 euro, which, to put in perspective, uh, mm-hmm. I received 500 euro for being in an exhibition in Poland where there's much less visual funding and wages are generally lower. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's just despicable.
1: Um, and then, so wait, just to just to contextualize it in the uh, story of Passover, the <laughs> story of the show at Bergheim. Who would be the Israelites and who would be the Egyptians?
0: Well, the Israelites are the artists who are being uh-huh. taken advantage of by the Pharaoh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not going to say who the Pharaoh is, but you can connect the dots. Um, and then I heard from another friend who, uh, you know, one of many bear kind bartenders who worked, um, uh, when the show was up, they didn't let the staff see the show.
1: What? Yeah. And I'm what, they allegedly like, charged them. They charged them money to see the show or they just wouldn't let them see it at all. They, uh, they had to pay to see the show.
0: That's what this friend told me and which is so fucked up, because first of all, there's no cost in you letting your staff see the show. Imagine you worked at MoMA, right. and they're like, "No, you need to pay. You don't get to walk through." Um God. So they had to pay allegedly, which is just also so stingy and fucked up, and it's like the people working for you are your ambassador. Like they're gonna bring people in, they're gonna get you know their cool friends excited to come see the show, and you're not gonna let them see the show. they're gonna pay twenty euro like that's so fucked up
1: well that that's yeah that sort of broader customer service uh understanding doesn't really exist in Germany, I would say, so yeah. so
0: <laughs> good riddance. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. It's like that's why I refuse to see it. Wish I could have seen my friend's work. I'm happy you had the opportunity, mm-hmm. but I don't think millionaires should be taking advantage of artists for
1: their own clout and programming. Right. Are there any Are there any art events coming up in uh, Berlin, or is it really sh- locked down for the uh, foreseeable future? It's pretty locked down, um,
0: because now there's these. Like for example, to go to museums and galleries and also non essential stores, you have to have a same day test done. So that's like that's just
1: uh, so that's so impractical. Yeah.
0: So it's just too much planning. Like I met up with my friend Tara for lunch on Friday. She's on holiday and she wanted to go to the museum to like I think uh I don't know one of the antiquities museums or something and she got a, a test that day just to do that which it just does seem burdensome especially now that lines will be longer i'm sure because everyone has to get a test just to like go to ikea or whatever right so yeah it's kind of crazy so yeah it really does just feel locked down for the time being <sighs> But what can you do
1: oh god i'm sorry it's okay. But I have some fun
0: lightning round questions for you. Oh, please bring it on. (laughs) We need a sound effect. I'll look for a sound effect for our lightning round.
1: (laughs) Great. Maybe something uh, Egyptian themed.
0: (laughs) All right. So artist sues Iowa College over changes to her work. Um that's according to our Fun Pals at the Des Moines Register. Do we have any? <laughs> uh in my mind, um my beautiful sculptures have been turned into an overgrown planter, she says. <laughs> um can the owner of a piece of art make changes to it without the artist's permission that's the question raised by a lawsuit that a prominent metal sculptor has filed against kirkwood community college in her native city of cedar rapids molly mason sued the college in mid-march after learning that its staff altered her massive stainless steel sculpture and water display in the hotel at kirkwood center writing that they completely deranged this asset from its powerful purpose. The offense, Kirkwood employees drained a pool surrounding the sculptures, shut off an array of small fountains and replaced the water with soil, shrubs and trees. And I'm just going to send you a photo so you can see this.
1: Mhm. Uh What did you say the artist's name was? Molly Mason. Molly mason um can i just start off by saying that you had once made a i forget what type of sculpture and someone at some point had suggested to turn it into a planter which you did oh my dad <laughs> yeah and yeah, it turned it was out great.
0: amazing <laughs> yeah it was like better than before
1: <laughs> yeah you just re- repurposed it and uh Oh, wait. So, you sent me a picture. I honestly cannot tell if the original was already surrounded by... <laughs> Did you click on it? Oh, I see. Um, oh God. I, I don't want to be critical about the uh, sculpture. It's not really my cup of tea. But, uh, like, I don't know. The fountain was a little tacky, if you ask me. I like the sort of, <laughs> the greenery. Mm-hmm that they converted it into. And also, like, come on, you're not site Wombly at the Louvre where there's a uh, a lawsuit now by yeah. the Foundation Against the Museum because of what they perceived uh, perceive as a, like it's like a botched restoration? Yeah. Which, honestly, I'm looking at the ceiling of that Louvre gallery, and it doesn't even look like a, a nice site Wombly or a recognizable site Wombly. It's just like a... A solid like uh, a yeah, blue background with some uh, Greek lettering and some like <laughs> some random like golden orbs which nothing inside Twombly's oeuvre <laughs> even resembles that um I so don't, man unless you're that unless you're that Spanish lady who botched the Jesus oh restoration God. or the Ronaldo sculptor <laughs> I think you should maybe just eat up. Piece of humble pie before yeah. you uh like sure it's upsetting, but it's also like the fact that we're able to make fun of it goes to show that it's maybe not the end of the world. Yeah.
0: I just wanted to give some background because I uh I put on my Kim Kardashian baby bar hat and did some research. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait, is that when you went to downtown LA and discovered poverty? <laughs> um okay so
0: the lawsuit she's claiming that her rights under the visual artist rights act of 1990 are being violated
1: what is that an act is there an act like yes
0: so the act states among other things that you have the right to claim authorship uh the right to prevent the use of one's name on any work that the author did not create The right to prevent use of one's name on any work that has been distorted, mutilated, or modified in a way that would be prejudicial to the author's honor or reputation. And the right to prevent distortion, mutilation, or modification that would prejudice the author's honor or reputation. And so the Visual Artist Rights Act also stipulates that, for example, even if you bought a painting, you do not have the right to destroy the painting, Mm -hmm. which is kind of psycho in my
1: opinion what is psycho
0: um like that okay if you bought a work from a exhibition at a gallery you've purchased it and then you don't have the right to actually destroy it if you wanted to for
1: some reason oh i, I thought you were taking a stand for the destruction of a uh
0: no no i'm not taking the stand for it but i'm just what are you buying then
1: right you
0: know what i mean but it's i mean like, w- w- you're like what a
1: Yeah, like what about Simkowitz uh, turning one painting into five small ones? No, that's uh, different.
0: I I think that's completely different because then mm -hmm. you're kind of, you're saying the artist created that and they didn't. But like Uh if you were just like, I'm going to shred this painting. I don't want it anymore. Right. (laughs) But anyway, so then my further legal research Mm -hmm. uh, came up with that congress had concerns that art would be made not for creative purposes but for economic purposes so <laughs> there's an ex- there's an exclusion for works for hire and congress crafted vara to exclude visual art made for or commissioned by someone else the result mm-hmm. is that any artist who is paid by someone else to create art is not protected by vara even if the art is inherently the product of creative processes so in my legal beagle opinion this lawsuit is without merit because she was clearly commissioned to create that work it's case closed case closed Molly Mason
1: <laughs> I guess it makes sense because it uh, it brings to mind all these airport commissions that uh, you know they tend to get uh, relocated removed destroyed yeah. when there's renovation or whatever yeah next <laughs> and also honestly if i were like uh I'm trying to think of some like major names behind some big art uh, airport commissions um like they get paid so much money i honestly even at that point wouldn't even care if the work was uh moved away disappeared damaged or whatever like also it's in you know it's in a it's in a public space or you know like a prob private space with access to the public uh stuff gets damaged and you yeah. like let's let's again let's just take a chill pill here you're not chagall and it's not <laughs> lincoln center okay
0: also fountains <laughs> indoors become disgusting over time that's why every oh. mall removes them
1: <laughs> totally <laughs> Um, Don't say the M word. I (laughs) want to drop the mic now and go to the mall.
0: (laughs) All right. Critics rail against Greta Thunberg sculpture. Is it a mark of respect or a vanity project? The Winchester University and College Union in Winchester, UK is under fire for installing a bronze sculpture of the climate activist Greta Thunberg which cost £24,000, which is about $33,041 American. Critics say the funds could have gone toward preventing redundancies at the institution. That's according to our pals at Artnet News. Mm -hmm.
1: I'm looking at the sculpture, and uh, to its favor, I will say it uh, very much resembles her. And so at least they achieved that. Um, I think instead of tearing down statues or trying to, you know, balance it out with erecting ones that sort of portray a a more just world, I just say altogether, stop sort of lionizing individuals and, uh, turning them into sort of modern day deities. Yeah. Um, especially Greta Thunberg, like there's just such a, such a like like a culture of narcissism surrounding her image, which if I was her, that sort of, um, she strikes me as kind of a humble Swedish girl, much like, you know, uh, is. it's very cultural there. I, I would feel so weird if somebody would want to erect a sculpture of me. Like, where do you draw <sighs> the line? I mean, especially at this
0: point in her activism career or what have you.
1: Yeah, I mean, so you did a, you you gave a, you made a stink eye to the camera with Trump in the back, yeah, and uh, that sort of propelled you into this anti, sort of heroic point. There's just so much projection
0: onto her, and that's my issue with it. It's like this whole cult of personality around her. I just find disturbing. It's like the same with like religious fanaticism. (laughs) It's just like you know, people have I mean, become less is, religious a as a whole and now they've moved on to these kinds of...
1: Oh, for sure. It's just filling a gap and a void yeah. in people's lives. Yeah. Also, like, where are her parents who well, allow this to happen? Like, where's where's her Joe Jackson who's letting this happen?
0: Well, her parents seem horrible, so... <laughs> yeah. Uh, pass. Pass. Yeah. Strike it. Like, <laughs> I'd rather people have jobs than... That ugly statue.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: All right. Uh, Joe Bradley leaves Gagosian. In a rare move for an artist represented by a mega gallery, the abstract painter has left Gagosian after five years to show with Petzel in New York and Xavier Hufkins in Brussels. He will continue to be presented by his longtime dealer, Eva Praisenhuber
1: in Switzerland. Thoughts? um i and up until i read that piece i had no idea he was showing with a gojin um oh my god sorry someone's calling me um i what do i think about it i have no idea like is is it courageous heroic is uh is he like i don't know sticking it to the man <laughs> no yeah. idea obviously no one's doing anything that's a uh, not beneficial to themselves, their future, and whatever. And also, like, can't Gagosian absorb this uh, departure? Yeah, I mean, if
0: you go to the website, there's like a million artists they show. So, mm-hmm. um, I wonder how much the uh, Robert Nava market has bitten into
1: his. Oh my god! <laughs> I wonder if any of the sort of the NFT craze is taking away from his hype. Because yeah. both sort of exist on a kind of a uh, a plane of dumbness. <laughs> Almost. I don't know. Not dumbness, but you know, this speculative sort of funneling so much trend-propelled money into a yeah. certain sector of the economy. Well, yeah, it's all just, it's all these hype economies. Because, like,
0: there are works of Joe Bradley's I really like. And actually, this newer work I really like, because it's more... I don't know, takes up more of the picture plane and, you know, I love bright colors and abstract work and stuff. It's not as mm-hmm. sparse now. But I just remember, you know, almost 10 years ago where there was all this like burning up of the market and this kind of insanity and, you know, works going for millions of dollars. And it's just the same thing as the NFT thing.
1: Right. So it's just trading my goodness. I'm going to have to Google his name just to see if uh, Google Images reminds me of some of notable works of his. Um, I don't know. It's kind of, it's, God, I don't even know that I have an opinion about that because this is the type of work, as much as I sort of like, kind of gravitate towards this aesthetic, this abstract uh, aesthetic, that's clearly derivative of, you know, Robert, Robert Motherwell and some like... Um, Rauschenbergian moments uh this is exactly the type of stuff that my instagram feed sort of suggests uh, suggests to me from like unknown or like random hobby artists from around the world Mm -hmm. Um, and honestly if his name wasn't attached to these images and i wouldn't recognize any of his paintings i would think it could have come from absolutely any one of these hobby artists
0: yeah uh, I just got a really nice work fr- on paper from friend of the pod, Baby Asa, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is a nicer painting than a lot of these faux naive works that some of these artists are making. So
1: Right. Would you consider uh Bradley's work faux naive? Uh some
0: of it. Because some you know, I think he's worked across like a there's been a cross section of styles that he's done. You know, it's all been abstract, but, you know, he did these robot paintings, which were, uh, uh you know, like can, like rectangular pre-stretched canvases, painted monochrome right. colors that were arranged yeah. in a formation to make these kind of robots. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, then there are kind of like the drop cloth canvas kind of paintings, mm-hmm. but then there are the paintings he's done that are very like kind of look like graphite stick on raw canvas, where it's like a fish, a stick man, that kind of stuff. And
1: it just uh, feels like dipping your toes in almost every possible sort of art moment in the 20th century. Yeah. Because some of them look very much like uh, uh, basilets. Yeah. Kind of figures. Others, uh, again, are very Rauschenberg-y. And uh, well, they definitely just are all very derivative of the Abex moment, mm-hmm. um, and then Oscar Murillo clearly is so oh, totally a derivation of that, and Sterling yeah. Ruby as well. But I'm guessing Sterling Ruby and Joe Bradley are the same sort of age group, yeah, like peers. But I, I
0: remember when the when those Oscar Murillo paintings were being shown, like the ones that say, "What do they say?" Like taco sushi i <laughs> can't remember you know what i'm talking um, about i didn't read the articles i was only there <laughs> the pictures. <laughs> it's like the really hype paintings oh yeah they say like mango you know it's like mm-hmm. a drop cloth and it says mango and oh, um, a maze and yeah those felt really joe bradley at the time poker right yeah
1: yeah um it's tamale just, uh, I, yuca yeah i always found it funny because you would go into this blue chip gallery and you would see something that you would see of the exact same quality at a uh the exact opposite of a blue chip gallery and you would just wonder as a kind of as a non-professional in this business how somebody makes the cut to show yeah. the, at a yeah. blue chip gallery um i am still the, this i'm still puzzled by this whole enigma of who gets to make yeah. the cut um our listeners may chime in maybe david on our next episode could maybe uh Shed some light on this song.
0: Yeah, tell us how to climb the ladder, David.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, how do you climb the ladder? Um, I don't know. I'm like I'm still on rung one, so. (laughs) (laughs) This has basically been a sort of an endless game of shoots and ladders. I (laughs) want to say. (laughs) Exactly. God um okay and there's that really nasty shoot when you're almost at the very last field of the game that sends you all the way to the bottom you remember that <laughs> yeah i feel like i've been doing that a few times <laughs> <laughs> i used to play that with my kids my fifth graders we would make our own sort of customized shoots and ladders with the story the stories of the prophets <laughs> that would that would really help them memorize all the stories <laughs> the fun stories uh, mm-hmm. We should do that next time. We're uh, when we have our in-person post-COVID uh, reunion. The,
0: ph- the Pharaoh just pushed you down. And, shoot, <laughs> with his staff, <laughs> with his ankh. Um. All right. Now I have some back-to-back Berlin museum news.
1: <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Yeah. Br- bring it on.
0: Sorry, we're such a So Berlin podcast, and that's all we talk about. But uh, one of us lives here, and the other one...
1: And the other left Berlin, but Berlin never left him.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, All right. Humboldt Forum faces accusations of a poor work environment. Shocker. (laughs) Staff at the Mega Museum in Humboldt Forum have described their work environment as dangerous and difficult. I've never worked in a place where I've encountered so much fear, one employee said. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, this isn't funny, but I'm laughing. Another complained of being locked in a room for three hours by accident.
1: <laughs> I mean, great. but unable by accident. To,
0: unable to call anyone because mobile phones were not permitted. <laughs> what? God. And then a black former employee said he experienced repeated microaggressions. And this is according okay, th- to Tagesspiegel.
1: That that I believe. The rest oh, I'm totally. a little a little skeptical of.
0: Yeah, I mean the Um, locked in a room. I'm sure it happened, but like I've also
1: been locked in a room accidentally, (laughs) and I don't don't blame anyone for it. I uh, what is what is with this climate nowadays? Where it's just everyone's so trigger happy to air every like small grievance and, and work related complaint to such high levels of. Like I don't know has, has it's like no one has ever held sort of a steady job in their lives, so every sort of small inconvenience is now newsworthy. but having said that, any black employee that will uh that'll come out with any accusations about a institution in Berlin, I have no doubt about it. I believe you automatically,
0: oh totally. Mm -hmm. And just to give some more perspective, uh, so the Humboldt Forum is that nasty-ass, ugly Prussian palace that was rebuilt. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was destroyed by the East German government after the war, the original palace, and then they built the parliament building, this beautiful modernist building on the river in the center of Berlin. And about 12 years ago, that was demolished. Um, And then they built this ugly-ass building, which has... Uh the ethnographic holdings from the state in it, amongst other things. Um and what are those
1: what do those look like?
0: Well, curators at the Humboldt Forum are forging ahead with plans to present an exhibition on the Benin Bronzes, despite uh, despite criticisms and German authorities' own statements that they are paving the way for the objects returned to Nigeria. Uh, Benedict Savoy, the author of an influential report on African heritage in French museums, says he thinks the bronzes should not be displayed, while curator Jonathan Fine contends that precisely because this issue is so pressing, it's important for museums to engage with it, and not just at the level of rhetoric or moving a couple of labels around. Mm -hmm. Shady.
1: Do you think uh, the world is a better place with Germany exhibiting its looted artifacts in Germany or returning them, restituting them? I'm all for restituting. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah, there's a lot of shady holdings in these museums. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it does seem a bit two-faced to say like, oh, we're returning these bronzes. But first, let us make a lot of money exhibiting them.
1: Right. So. In a big uh, yeah, blowout exhibition. Yeah, in this ugly-ass building. <laughs> right. I'm looking at the artifacts. They look very interesting. Um, just come on, Berlin institutions. You can do better.
0: Yeah, especially ethnographic museum doesn't mean it has to be all the things you've plundered and stolen. Like, there's interesting ethnographic things from your own region and nation. Like, yeah, exactly. Maybe focus on those. Um so speaking of Berlin museums, um, Berlin's flashy new museum—sorry, that made it sound like the new museum in New York. <laughs> Wrong emphasis. <says, laughs> Berlin's flashy new museum is a climate nightmare. The museum of the 20th century is a climate killer, says conservation scientist Stefan Simon of the major <laughs> museum project <laughs> <laughs> planned for Berlin that is set to cost 364 million euro or 427 million u.s dollars in public money wow money well spent the federal audit office has already warned architects herzog and demuron that it should be made more uh, much more sustainable the airy largely wall-free design and translucent room will take four times as much energy to cool as the altus museum nearby This is
1: the museum um, that looks like an Aldi, by the way. I mean, here's a thought: why in why not invest this money into saving people's lives and getting a shot in their arms? <laughs> exactly. Instead, how about that? I know that it's uh, it's better for the environment to have people die uh, off <laughs> on mass, but um, I don't know that a museum investment now or sort of re- know. refitting or redoing a uh, layout of a building to make it more environmentally friendly is really the thing you should be concerning yourself with
0: also is there a lack of museums in berlin like that's what i just do not understand yeah like
1: it's and a- also at, th- at this rate uh covid's never going to be over in germany you're never going to return the investment especially if you keep having people test uh same day negative just to uh, visit them
0: <sighs> you know it's just like there's the neue national gallery in berlin like mm-hmm. You know, that's a one of the state museums. Uh, I guess I don't know. Is it because some are state museums of Berlin? Other ones are the, um, you know, the Prussian Culture Foundation. That's what this one is. Is it just like competing institutional groupings? It's just like stop wasting money. There's so many museums that can exhibit like the works of the 20th century that are kind of in these collections.
1: Right. I don't know. Yeah. Humboldt Foam or whatever that's called sounds a little unnecessary and Yeah. But, and they uh, built that shady. building.
0: Just like put it in there. I don't know. Like, <laughs> oh, oh my God. God. There's uh, Hamburger Banhof. It's like, what are they even doing there? They're like getting rid of like that collection, the Flick collection or whatever
1: honestly i have some really good memories from amazing shows that i've seen there over the years because i guess when i was still living there i don't know what it's like now but they really utilize that huge sort of the main atrium area yeah Yeah, there have been great shows there (laughs) yeah i remember that one show that was all like fauna and flora with like deer and birds and you remember that
0: yes yeah that was good
1: that was nice, and that huge—of uh, course, I'm forgetting the name now. That huge airplane and those like metal bookcases that like extended all the way to the ceiling. Why wow, am I forgetting the very prominent <laughs> artist's name? Uh, Kiefer, sorry. Uh, they used yeah, to have yeah. a like a Kiefer installation, semi-permanently in the space. That was beautiful.
0: Um. Okay, so all these museums are related. Neue National Gallery, Hamburger Banhof, and this new museum.
1: So like for, an for alliance? Century.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's this um it's like State Museums of Berlin, the Prussian culture, or whatever. Right. Um,
1: what is Prussian culture, excuse me? I mean
0: p- Google Prussian blue, that's all you need to know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's my favorite oil stick. <laughs> and that's my favorite th- girl group. <laughs> You remember it's the them, only right? Good, it's the only good thing to have come out of Prussia. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the music and the uh, the oil stick.
0: But you know what I'm talking about, though. Prussian Blue, the band. I'm actually not sure. They're like they were like a neo-Nazi band of these two teenage girls. No and idea. And they were called they were called Prussian Blue.
1: Oh, they look like uh, Anna and Dasha. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Basically, so yes, it's the Prussian cultural holdings of the uh State Museum of Berlin. Which again, I'm like,
1: sounds shady. Yeah, it sounds like the there's P a lot word
0: of- needs to be stricken from the record.
1: Yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of a, a dethroned nobility involved in this.
0: Oh yeah, no. If you went to the website when they were like fundraising for <laughs> the facade for the Humboldt Forum you can imagine what they look like. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I bet. Well. <clears throat> oh, well. Let's all just I get guess, vaxxed. Uh, yeah, let's all get vaxxed. Here, sorry, I'm trying to pull up a leaked transcript of Adam Neumann's, uh, <laughs> 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 um, yeah sorry i should have planned this better i wanted to uh i wanted to bid you farewell in some uh, with some heavy israeli accent but i guess we did that shtick one time when i when i did my uh gargatot uh, impression oh, yeah if you remember that one episode oh yeah she's laying it some on hebrew thick. slang yeah told you to uh, taught you some hebrew slang <laughs> um like, here's some adam Adam neumann uh quotes Um, How do you change the world? Bring people together. Where is the easiest big place to bring people together? In the work environment. (laughs) Um, What are some other good quotes here? Um, I met my spiritual teacher and went to a therapist. I realized that if I came from a positive place, not only will everyone feel better and I will feel happier, but the company will work better. (laughs) It takes courage to be an entrepreneur. (laughs) um
0: oh adam oh my god so please share that login with me later i will put on my express vpn by the way i noticed you did Uh, not use the referral code i sent you (laughs) for what (laughs) for express (laughs) vpn Oh, shoot. Did you send me a... Yeah, that link... Because I'm paying the full rate. Oh, I didn't realize that. link I, I sent you had one free month, and then I also got one free month if you signed up. It's okay. Oh, God. I'm Don't sorry. Worry.
1: Well, as Adam Neumann says, I served in the Israeli <laughs> Navy, and it's not an easy thing. <laughs> Maybe on a future oh, episode, yeah. you
0: can tell us about your military service.
2: Oh, my
1: God. My very brief <laughs> stint. <in the> Israeli <laughs> army... <laughs>
0: until you faked scoliosis and got kicked out
1: (laughs) no fibromyalgia (laughs) um yeah all right well yeah that's uh thank you for the reunion thank you uh, i'm so
0: glad we're in this almost same time zone
1: Yeah, well, I'll be back stateside next week, and uh, I'll need a day to just recover from uh, jet lag, but uh, I guess we can have David on the pod next week. Yeah,
0: let's do it. You need to uh, send the warden to get him, so. Yeah, get that Jew on the pod. (laughs) All right, have a nice, restful rest of your trip, and I'll talk to you soon.
1: Thank you. You too. Happy Passover. Happy Easter. Thanks.
0: Happy Easter and happy Passover. Shalom. You, <laughs> Shalom.
2: Shalom. <laughs> Bye. Bye.